Welcome to the Modern MBA podcast with Marie Kerwin and Kristen Rossi. Our mission is to help MBAs coming from, going into, or merely considering more unorthodox career paths. We're a community to find inspiration and share stories. Today we're speaking with James Frostick, a music industry veteran with 13 years of experience in publishing and licensing. He recently completed his MBA as part of the University of Warwick's distance learning program, and he shares with us his background, the MBA experience, and what comes next. Okay, so I'm going to start off by just asking you um, to introduce yourself and tell us your name and where you did your MBA. Of course, so my name is James Frostick. Uh, I did the distance learning MBA at Warwick University and graduated uh, last month in July 2020. Excellent. Well, congratulations on your graduation, first of all. Can I just get you to tell us a little bit about um, your career? So you spent the majority of your career um, in the music industry. Um, Can you just tell us a bit about um, how you ended up doing that and the the different roles that you've had? Uh, I did an undergraduate in music and then I did a master's in ethnomusicology. I mean, I've always done music. I played lots of instruments. And, but the more, the more, when I went to university, I, I kind of came to the realisation that I lost my enthusiasm somewhat um, for music by trying to make it my profession. Um, and so I made a conscious decision that I would actually rather just go into the music business. And so I'm still close, uh, still involved, and it's still got that, you know, that, um, I guess, that tacit enthusiasm. Um but I could enjoy music a little bit more because I'm not trying to make money out of music itself. Um, so that's, that's how I went into music. I, I, I started temping after the master, my first master's, sorry. <laughs> um, and waited for the right job to come. And it's, it's, it's a very tricky thing to get into the music industry because, because it's such a high demand sector with such a uh, few roles. Um, and when I did, at that time, it was just before the global recession, the uh, 2008 recession, I should say, shouldn't I? Um, <laughs> so, so it was very tricky and, you know, you get lots of offers from people trying to get you to work for free. So you ended up with quite a sort of affluent intern, shall we say, so the ones who could afford to work for free. But I, I stood my ground and waited until um, I got a paid for job and it, it was tempting um in business affairs at sony records uh in the uk um, and i did that through a recruitment agency and so that was that was my first role i was glad i stood my ground because i quite like i quite needed to get paid for it <laughs> it drives me crazy in the arts industry people think you can work for free and it drives me absolutely nuts <laughs> so frustrating like the implications that that has for as you say kind of like diversity and things in the industry as well because you yeah you tend to end up with a bunch of people working as interns who yeah are from the kind of background where you can afford to to do it for free and that's not the majority of people it has changed somewhat um but most of the music industry and still is to some degree in, is in london so i guess if you if you came from london then you had a bit of an advantage and even if you weren't quite so affluent you might be able to be more flexible with um finance finances we say so yeah, I, I stayed there for a year and then an opportunity came up at a company called PRS for Music, which I hadn't heard of before. Um, someone at Sony worked there and I got some feedback and, and they, they were really positive about it. And um, I took a role as a key account manager. So looking after licensing on behalf of publishers and writers, licensing 
uses of their works to um, record labels, um, for predominantly for CDs, for, um, then your audiovisual companies, so kind of BBC, ITV, etc., uh, for their DVDs. Uh, and then at that time, when cover mounts were a thing, the national newspapers as well. So, you know, the daily, ma the mail on Sunday would print three million copies of a print album or something. Um, so, yeah, I did that. And then, yes, lo and behold, I stayed at PRS for Music for 12 years, uh, going through, yeah, key account manager, then um, looking after the major la labels for a deal for Europe and... UAE and India and then I moved to our international department as more of an analyst um, just to kind of diversify my skill sets but after two years there I realized very quickly that I'm, I'm whilst I had the capabilities to be an analyst I didn't it wasn't really for me I much preferred the commercial side and being involved with people so I went back into licensing commercial partnerships as a manager of a team um, yeah um and how and so then how did the um how did the MBA kind of come about how did you um get to the point of, of deciding that that was something you wanted to do yeah okay so I've been thinking about it for quite some time I saved up and I saved up and I researched a lot and then life happened and it got put on the back burner um and then finally I just sort of uh in 2000 and 17 I just said right no come on let's do it and I selected Warwick um and that was that why did I want to do it um partially for career development so if I wanted to stay in the music industry it can only help in terms of credibility um partially to open up my options because um I didn't whilst I love music and I probably will have some involved in it throughout my career I don't want to be limited to it. I want to at least have the option to look at other sectors. And, and the MBA gave me that window. Not not that it's going to get me through the door into other sectors, but it will. Uh, it gives you a, a, a platform, at least some insight into knowledge of where to start, because there's a, there's a lot of industries out there, and, and um, it's it's a maze. And so he's doing the MBA sort of gives you a good platform to start to research other sectors. And the other one is just personal development. I'm someone who likes to learn, and always learn and the annoying thing about learning is the more you learn the more you know you don't know <laughs> so and then obviously actually sorry because the music industry changed dramatically and it used to be very insular and as digitization happened you had more of your you know your tech companies um involved and, and it made much more sense to to and a lot of them have come from more business backgrounds so uh, to have those uh, meaningful conversations to have to sort of really um build productive partnerships uh, it made sense to learn uh learn the i guess i don't want to say the skills uh probably you could say the dialect that a lot of the partners you're dealing with have come from yeah that makes sense i mean it's it's hard to think of another industry actually that's kind of experienced as much transformation as the music industry has in like the past sort of 10 years or so uh, I mean, it's been huge, and that's pretty much when I started my career. That's why um, one of the reasons. So when I started at Sony, that's when the the recession happened, and at the same time as that happened, you had um, piracy with the internet, um, and the music industry were very slow to respond, and their their initial reaction was to kind of try and block it and litigate. 
um, rather than embrace it and partner as obviously happens now. Um, so yeah, that was a huge change. And then obviously the change to digitization, the change from ownership to, to access, um, the mass adoption throughout the world. And then and now it's obviously a huge opportunity that the music industry is finally, um, I can't remember. I haven't looked at the recent stats, but it's, it's coming close to where it used to be. And now it's all about opportunity and, you know, territories such as India or China, where you know, there was no money coming from that because all, all the CDs were pirated. Uh, you know, th there's now opportunity there because music's being bundled into telco deals, into, um, you know, various kind of bundles. And, and that, that approach really works in these territories at the moment. Uh, so it's funny, you know, you've got, you know, consider the mass population and how many, um, you know, the, the huge populations and the mass uptake of um, smartphones and various telco packages. Um, yeah, the, the opportunities are almost hard to quantify, if I'd say. I mean, you could if you had a calculator in front of you, but I don't. <laughs> so you did the distance learning programme. Um for the benefit of people that aren't familiar with the Warwick program, um, do you want to just um, explain a little bit about how that actually works? Because I understand, although it is distance learning, you do have the option to do some components of it, like actually at Warwick as well. Is is that right? So I did six months, three modules per six months. Uh, you'd have one Warwick week where each of those three modules in the first two semesters, uh, you had face-to-face -face, um, lectures. Uh, that's an opportunity to, to to meet your group, um, and yeah, you're 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 on the campus. You're having lectures, uh, and there's more to it as well. There's lots of activities. So there's a a kind of management development day where you're looking at looking at what motivates you. You know what your strengths and weaknesses are, and how how you are as a leader. Um, so there's that side of it as well. Um, so yes, that's two work weeks, and then also you have the option to do any module face-to-face, -face, uh, but there is a cost to it um, for obvious reasons. So yes, uh, or you can do it online like I did for most of it. You know, for me, it was perfect. Um, oh, and also there's the Shard as well, sorry. So you can go to the Shard or, uh, so Warwick, or there's some lectures in the Shard as well. So I did one module there as well. And do you guys, um, do you have like group projects as well? And if so, how does that kind of work? Is it, is it just kind of in the face-to-face -face components or do you actually have group projects kind of like online? Uh, we have group projects online as well. Uh, so for the face-to-face -face module that I did, um, there was a group project that was marked, included, so it's included in your final mark. Um, but in the online ones, ones as well, we had... Certainly for one of the strategy modules I did, there was um, group work. And I think one other, um, generally the group work in terms of marks would be a, a smaller part of the overall. So you'd have a group marks assignment that might be worth 30% and then um, your individual component that might be 70%. Uh, so you come from the music background, you've, you've done an MBA. What did you find were your biggest, the biggest challenges you faced? Uh, time. <laughs> I personally was, as a lot of people were, uh, juggling, so full-time work, uh, commuting in and out of London and family life. So 
yeah you know it's 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 mentally quite exhausting because you if you're with your family you feel like guilty because you should be working and then when you're working you feel guilty you should be with your family <laughs> so um there's that permanent guilt but you just have to learn to deal with that and and really manage your time and then the, some of the material as well when i first saw an economics paper i, I my heart stopped um <laughs> so i i've i was never a math person and suddenly i looked at a sheet of paper with a, load of x and y's and z's on it and i was just like oh no and lots of like lots of lines and no you know they don't put any um they don't put any keys economists don't like to put a key there do that to tell you what x y z is it's somewhere in the text um but it's it's and then after reading it two or three times like, oh why didn't they just say that <laughs> um yeah so but that that was initially and then after a while you, you, you sort of get used to the all the different topics because you are covering lots of different um academic fields yeah it's funny so many so many people and including myself you know we've talked about mba and what was challenging definitely the, the economics finance part of it the initial when you initially given it you're like your brain just sort of at least mine sort of explodes but it's true after you just read it a few times you go okay no now it's making sense now i get the terms but initially i just wanted to run away <laughs> yeah absolutely um i stand by my point though i wish they would use a key but anyway yeah <laughs> <laughs> but then what do you want to do like what's your plan now well obviously covid's throwing everything a little bit <laughs> a little bit um but not too much as i said you know the sort of been opportunities and I've actually had time in my life to reflect which is quite nice the, the natural thing for me to do would be to stay into music but I want to move into more of a tech side of it but I, I am I'm I've also started doing a um a mentorship program that's done through Warwick as well so but I've only started that I've had a few sessions with my mentor and he's great and Warwick have done a you know a really amazing job at um matching we say mentee and mentor um straight away we hit it off and yeah so far so good uh so i've been doing that uh so really looking at other sectors because as i said i think at the beginning there's you kind of you don't know what you don't know and the more you learn the more you know you don't know um and so i i, I wanted someone to help me look at other sectors even if i don't go there but at least i at least i've considered it and that's what my mentor i'm working with with my mentor at the moment is he's sort of helping me sort of filter through the, the you know the, the mass array of sectors and roles out there but I'm, I'm i'm open to other roles i want to carry on with i guess the licensing side of it um but what the mba does it, it, it really broadens it so my experience is publishing and writers whereas the mba because i've done a lot of marketing can be a lot more label based so then kind of going back to more of the music side of it, as you're an expert in the industry, what skills do you feel are key to succeed in the music industry today? Um, I mean, it's funny with the music industry. It's, it's, it's like any other industry. So it's, it's, it's got all the same roles that you have in any other industry, including banks. Uh, I'm sure I'd probably get some music industry people looking at me saying, what are you saying that for? But, uh, but, it, but, it, but it's true. They're the same roles. You still have marketing. You still have... Uh, business development you've still got all your traditional roles within the music industry so it's, it's quite a hard question to sort of say what skills do you need um, I mean if you're if you're going to be involved in the marketing side of it then there's then you 
and you are looking to change the sector, then there's so many opportunities for you to get involved before you've actually got a job. So, you know, work work with local artists, work on social social media. That, um, and I think the expectation if you're moving into that side of the business from outside the sector is that you should have done something already um, because it's not like you needed a company to help you do it because there's, there's opportunities for, to, for you to do it yourself. Um, yeah, and that obviously shows determination. And, and I think that's a key thing is determination because it is a smaller industry than, um, how do you say, there's less less people, less companies than there are in if you're in banking or if you're, you know, where you've got many thousands of people in one company where you can move around and um, often you'll go to a music company and you kind of have to wait really wait your time until the, an opportunity comes up and then when that opportunity does come up you've got to be really good because there's going to be a lot of interest in that opportunity um networking as well is it's key um and that's not just that's not just marketing that's across across the board because um not all the roles are advertised externally they are a bit more now and again this i think this is how it's changed in the last 10 years since i joined when i joined the music industry a lot more roles were offline whereas now with linkedin etc um and companies wanting to really um get the best candidates they are starting to go a little bit more public but they, they, they will still find a lot of internal only roles um oh and complexity you've got to be happy to deal with complexity if you work in my area licensing and publishing you've got to be happy to deal with complexity and be good at simplifying and translating complexity because you're working in a, a, an overly overly distorted and complex sector and then you're communicating with people who just want to you know pay for what they're using and, and get slightly overwhelmed by it all i mean even if you were going in at entry level then you should have done something already that you can say to them i've done this um, but if you're more senior, let's say if you're an MBA, um, and so the likelihood is you've got five, ten years or more behind you, uh, and you're not looking to change sector and move in an entry level role, then you're really going to have to show that you've done things off your own back. Um, but if you have juggled an MBA with working anyway, then after you finish your MBA, you should be able to, you know, you'll have, you'll feel like you've got loads of time on your hands. <laughs> something that James said that really resonated with me um, was how by trying to kind of make money very directly out of music um, he felt that he was kind of um, like ruining his hobby for himself in a way um, I mean I I didn't work in the industry but I did do a music degree and I definitely found that there was an element of you know what used to be fun was now kind of work and it it did change things I don't know how you felt I felt exactly the same more so with my undergraduate degree in theater, I remember coming out of the program, hating it. And I didn't perform for, I think, two years afterwards. Um, I just felt, I, I kind of felt all the joy I used to find in singing and dancing in the shows. It got taken away by the, by the competitiveness of it and the, I don't know, what I kind of felt as the pettiness of the industry. Um, it became less about, I don't know, 
the creativity and more about who has the best headshot and and who had this dance teacher or this you know voice coach and I kind of it kind of it just totally killed my passion for it and I remember I remember afterwards I moved to Thailand shortly and I moved to London again shortly and uh and there was there was a, an opportunity to join a community theater group and I absolutely refused that I just can't even stand I don't even want to be around the people <laughs> um and it was yeah it's it's funny actually how going to school for it sometimes can totally kill your desire <laughs> that's really sad I mean it's good that you made it back <laughs> in the end though yeah. yeah it was it was sad um and I learned a lot but yeah I totally killed that that spark and then I had to sort of rekindle it and, and grow it in a different a different, different way mm. um but yeah, but I mean, for you, what actually, what music musical instrument did you play? Um, I did violin and piano and the bassoon. Um, yeah, it was kind of random. There was basically just one lying around at school. Um, and so I decided I was going to have a go. But um, I don't know. I think for me, it was just like, yeah, we probably want to cut this bit out. But um, I think like what happened to me was I just kind of, it, music was sort of always my thing growing up. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just kind of, uh, by the time I got to sixth form, I sort of knew that actually it probably wasn't uh, like a great decision. It wasn't even that I knew it was a bad decision. I just kind of thought, I don't know. I It's really hard to explain it. It was just like, it's always been my thing and I'm too scared to kind of not do it. So I guess that's what I'll do. And yeah. I think if I'd been really honest with myself, I would have done something done something else if I was going to go back and do my undergrad now I would probably have done like a languages degree because I think that's such an amazing opportunity but yeah 18 year old me wouldn't have done that so it's not like I would have come out in a drastically different place career-wise or anything um but I might have enjoyed my degree more I think it's funny actually I I, I totally agree with you 18 year old me would have done theatre uh, and sing. That's what I want to do. But um, I think looking back, if I have, if I ever have children and they want to be do an arts degree, although you can do the arts degree, but you must do a double major with business. You must. Like, that's if you don't do that, then you can't do the arts degree. <laughs> so it's really interesting that James did the distance learning program as well, because I, I personally didn't consider a distance learning MBA because I don't think I have self maybe I do now but at the time I didn't have the self-discipline for it honestly it never even crossed my mind I think I think I felt like if I was going to go back to school I just wanted to be in person that's the interesting thing about again about coronavirus and, and will that change people's perspective perspective and an idea of distance learning and online learning it's really true I mean I have to say like online lectures and stuff I think that you know now with the quality of technology that we have I can see how you can really make that work. That's all from today's Modern MBA podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Marie. If you like this episode, remember to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. You can get access to articles and more great content by visiting our website, themodernmba.co.uk, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram at The Modern MBA, and Twitter at MBA Modern. And aside from Apple Podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Until next time, bye. Bye.